Welcome to Responsibility Revolution. This is Vincent Castellanos. Responsibility Revolution is taking responsibility for all things you. No one is responsible for your well-being. You are. Hello, revolutionaries, and welcome to another episode of Responsibility Revolution. I am Vincent. <laughs> I never say that because you know who I am, but I just feel like saying I am Vincent. I am Vincent. Vincent. I was born Vicente, and now I am Vincent. And sometimes I go by Vicente, depending on who I'm talking to. But anyways, I digress. We are now on step six because it's June. It is June, and it's step six. And step six says... We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of characters. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But Kevin Griffin has a really beautiful way of breaking it down. He writes, The intention of step six is to prepare us to let go, to become ready to abandon our unwholesome qualities. Why do we need to prepare for this? Why not just do it? This is a really good question. But then we're talking about addiction, right? So he writes, what we discover in working the steps is that even when we know what we should do, sometimes the depth of our conditioning holds us back. This is why it takes so long for most of us to let go of our addiction. Rarely does someone think that their drinking and using is doing them a lot of good, but it's hard to find the willingness to change. We could say that everything leading up to working step one was our preparation to letting go of our primary addictive behavior. And then, through the steps, we realized that many of our underlying thoughts and behaviors were so, also so problematic. That's why the whole process of inventory work is so important. So, when we come to step six, we are facing what we uncovered in steps four and five and setting the intentions to change, right? So, Basically, what he's saying is like sometimes, that was definitely the case for me, we know that something is wrong. We know that that addictive behavior that I've been partaking in, it's no longer working for me. And now it's actually affecting me in a wrong way. It's actually hurting me, right? And I keep thinking, well, I got to change. Something's got to give. I got to do something. But I don't do it. So in a way, it's, it's, it's just like he says, I, I'm, I'm preparing to eventually get to what we call a bottom, that moment where we just let go and it's basically like, okay, what do I do? Help me out. And then something happens. So with the character defects, it's the same thing, right? We get ready to have them removed, right? And we're going to talk a lot about what that means and how we do that and my theory on, on being removed versus acting differently and removing them myself. But we are going to talk about that at length during the month. I am going to go over a couple of main, main, main character defects that are the ones that usually, um, they're usually at the root of all the other ones, right? But before I do that, I want to read a little bit about what Kevin Griffin says about uh, defects of character. He says, it's possible to write and share an inventory without necessarily seeing particular defects or shortcomings. The inventory can just look like a list of bad things we did. 
That means there's another level of investigation that has to go into this process to understand what steps six and seven are about. We need to look at what was behind the destructive actions we uncovered. And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit more later on. He continues, when we hurt others, what impulse were we acting on? What was behind our anger, our craving? Can we see the fear, the selfishness, and the wounds? Are there patterns that emerge? These are all really great questions. Because sometimes all we're doing is reacting based on some old ideas that we have, which is where character defects come from in the first place. Old ideas that were put on us as we've been growing up. He continues, like the inventory itself, this is delicate business. When we try to define the exact characteristics and impulses behind our worst behavior, it doesn't exactly cheer us up. We need to keep some perspective on this. We remember that these qualities don't define us, but rather are conditioned habits that we developed unknowingly with no intention to harm others or ourselves. I'm going to read that again. We need to keep some perspective on this to remember that these qualities don't define us, but rather are conditioned habits that we developed unknowingly without no, with no intention to harm others or ourselves. It's like learning to speak your native language. You're taught it directly and indirectly before you even attain real consciousness. So you aren't responsible for speaking those words. And so to carry that metaphor further, now is a time where you need to learn a new language of behavior. So this goes hand in hand with my philosophy, which I've said it a million times. You've heard it a million times. We're all born pure. And right after that, we come out of, the, the, we come out of our mothers. And the minute we come out, we get a slap in the butt. Then we have nurses and doctors and mothers and father and siblings and school and religion and politics. And all of a sudden, we start to get formed. And we become these people that we didn't create, that was put upon us. So in this journey, in this work that we're doing, we're getting rid of all that stuff that was put on us, the condition and habitual behaviors, the old ideas, that are not ours. These are not ours. They were put on us. They're not ours. So this is the process where we get rid of it. And it starts with these main character defects, like I said, the crux, the very bottom, the core, where all other character defects stand from. And these are the self. They are self-obsession, self-centeredness, self-seeking, selfish, self-pity, and they are accompanied by low self-worth and arrogance. I'm going to break each one of them down. Self-obsession. That is me thinking about me and only me all the time. If not all the time, a big percentage of the time. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is when no matter what happens, it's about me. How does it affect me? Self-seeking is when I go through life trying to get and trying to benefit myself. How can this help me? How can, how can this work for me? What's in it for me? All about seeking for self. Selfish is what I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing with the world. I'm not sharing time. I'm not sharing love. I'm not sharing compassion. I'm not sharing. I'm not. I'm, it's all about me. It's all about what I have and what I can get and can I get more. That's selfish. Self-pity is that whenever anything happens to me or to anybody else, I make it about myself. I go into like, how is this affecting me? Oh my God, poor me. I go into this victim mode. That's self-pity. 
And these are accompanied by low self-worth and arrogance, which go hand in hand, the two of those. Low self-worth and arrogance. Low self-worth, I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world. Arrogance, I'm the best thing that ever happened to anybody in life, right? So low self-worth, arrogance go hand in hand, and they, from them, stems all the other self-character defects. They go hand in hand. So you have a lot today in this episode. I've given you, you have a lot to think about. So think about it, play the episode again, make sure that you're really hearing what you're supposed to be hearing. And like I say to you always, if you want to talk to me, I definitely want to talk to you. So hit me up. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Responsibility Revolution. I hope you have enjoyed it. And I hope that you subscribe so you can receive it every Monday. Also, Remember that Responsibility Revolution is a way of life that requires work. If you're interested in finding out more about the type of work we can do together on the corporate level on a one-on-one, please feel free to contact me at theresponsibilityrevolution.com. I really look forward to hearing from you.